new faces here today. Have you been in satsang before? Uh, with anybody? Yeah. Uh -huh. All? Okay. <clears throat> okay. Because some of the faces here have been to one, two, three, four. This is the fifth satsang, so, you know, <clears throat> let's see how it goes. <laughs> <clears throat> Anything undone from this morning <clears throat> for those who were here? Yeah, I think in that about the desire and the, you know, like someone said about just enjoying life and those period about those periods, and I realized that's kind of what what I'm. My obstacle to release I is. I realize, you know, I I don't have children, for example, and um, I didn't really get you know merits. Then, part of me, I know that's not really bring my, bring the truth. That's why maybe I didn't, you know, I don't know someone choose. I don't know, but it didn't really come to my life. Yes. And at the same time, maybe because that's why, maybe I should experience this one first before <laughs> things happening or, you know, it feels like part of me, I know that's just temporarily maybe things, but also, you know, because desire comes from, you said desire comes from something missing yes. from my life. Yes. And I, here is, I don't have really strong this. I thought I don't have really strong desire to have those things, but at the same time, feels like something a bit missing. You know, that I don't have that experience. Yes, a lot of people have, and that's kind of a little bit, you know. The idea that there's something missing yes. will always be there. It will go temporarily, but it will it will return again for as yes. long as you believe you are a separate individual. Mm. Now, if mind wants to run the idea that maybe experiencing life would get rid of it, it won't work. It will distract you from that thought for a while, mm -hmm. but it won't get rid of it, because there is nothing outside that will get rid of that thought. Yes. I am a separate mm -hmm. individual. Nothing. Mm -hmm. But it will distract you from it, like any drug. Like, like a... a mm. It's quite possible that the greatest motivation for somebody to get stoned on, a, on any drug is to stop imagining who you think you are. It stops that thought, thinking, who I think I am. So a distraction, anything in life, all the experiences, that's what they do. And that's why the mind gets sucked into an experience and you're fully engrossed in something making babies or making artwork or pruning an apple tree, whatever it is, being totally engrossed in it is because the mind wants to, to go to anything except the lie that I am this separate individual because there is something missing in that thought because it's not the truth. So it will always feel that it's lacking something. So the mind can go outwards and say, well, if I experienced life, Maybe, maybe I won't be missing something. Maybe I am missing something. Okay, that's mind going outwards. The other option is mind goes inwards and finds out, well, who am I? What is real happiness? What is that? And 
if you do that, you'll find it. If you go out, you'll have experiences, but you'll still have to go within and to find out what is the truth. The other thing is the belief that there are things in life that maybe I didn't experience. That belief, you can believe in that or you cannot believe in that. But, you see, you know, you can make it your experience or not. That's up to you. But when it is known what you really are is none of this. There is, there's you everywhere. There's you doing everything. There's you making babies and educating babies and driving school buses and burying people. It's all you. And it's not a concept. It's just like, there is only what I am. And it's all what I am. And there is a sense that you're eating all the time and you're, you know, that you're doing everything all the time. Do you see? Because there's no sense, I am this body. And if that idea, I am this body, is seen through to be a lie, you're having every experience all the time. It's all you. The other way, mind will always present, well, have this experience and maybe. All it will do is distract you from what doesn't feel right. I am this body. So desire is the great distraction. And that's why the pull is so strong. Something outside will get rid of this feeling that doesn't feel so good. Mm-hmm. Something incomplete. Of course there's a feeling of being incomplete because you are not that. You are not Kauri. You're not. But if you run that belief that you're Kauri, then you will, you, you will want to experience that. Mm-hmm. The outside world is where she believes she exists. Yeah. You see? And even if you have the desire, okay, let's have babies. It won't do it for you. It won't. Not when the pull is for truth. Mm. It won't do it for you. And then you'll spend 20 years rearing babies. And that would be beautiful. (laughs) But you'd be back here again in 20 years' time. Mm. That works for some people and not for others, but just to put it all on the table for you. And if mind starts running that idea, that experiences, oh, I'm lacking something, I'll have, it will want another experience and another one and another mm-hmm. one. It starts a piece of software. It starts a piece of a program running mm-hmm. based on the belief that the outside will make something richer. Mm-hmm. It can't. It will distract. And there's a certain peace in the distraction. What do you think now? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. Yes, you are right. <laughs> makes sense. Yeah, makes sense. Really makes sense. But yeah. just you know, this but always so happening again and again this you know, thoughts. Yes. And easy to believe those thoughts. Yes. Yes. And just so easy to okay. believe the thoughts or Yes. And and try to ignore, but just if you ignore, then getting loud and uh, feels like really real. Mm. Yeah, it does. Oh, yeah, it really does present as real. Mm. Yeah. But by just observing them, because the mm. moment that you say that they are thoughts, you already have distance. Already mm. have distance. Mm. It's not impossible mm. 
to stop believing your thoughts. It's not impossible. It's absolutely natural to go mm. in this direction. It's the most natural thing. Mm. The pull towards truth is, is happening anyway. Mm. Yeah. Do you know? Mm. Sometimes you feel you're running after it. You know? <laughs> Do you know? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Let it carry you. Mm. It's doing that anyway. And mind can, can only run one thought at a time. So there's only one opportunity to observe your thoughts coming at any time. You don't have to do all. It's like, you know, if I said, okay, in the next year you're going to have to brush your teeth. That's 365 by 2, 700 and something times. You'd be like, I'm going to brush my teeth over 700 times the next year? They're going to fall out. But if you brush your teeth twice a day, you will have brushed them more than 700 times in a year. Do you know? So thoughts come just one at a time. So if mind says, I'll never stop believing my thoughts, well, that's just the thought you're believing now. You know? There's only one thought at a time. So at the moment that you get that, whoa, there's that thought, or there's that thought again, or whatever, it's like, whoa. The second that you see it, you have distance. And it's losing its power to come back with the same force. It's losing its power. Mm-hmm. So, little bit by little. What is the satisfaction that comes from being lost in whatever thought engages you? Whether it's making pots or making babies or playing golf or whatever. What, what is that pleasure? It's forgetting who you think you are. That's where the peace comes from. Because a desire, when a desire runs and it seems to be satisfied, the satisfaction comes from there's no desire running. That's actually what it is. But mind is so convinced that cause and effect is an absolute law, then the effect of satisfying a desire is pleasure. It's, it's not. We, we just attribute that quality to an outside thing. But in satisfying a desire, it's the peace that comes when there's no desire, in contrast with what it was like when the desire was running. That's where that satisfaction comes from. But if it's not run by a desire and it's playing golf, it's just something that's enjoyed, there's no I thought running, there's just a flow. There's just a flow. And that bit of attention that runs the I thought and doesn't feel okay about it is kind of yielding to the flow. And we give ourselves permission. It's bizarre. We give ourselves permission to stop running the I thought when it's a hobby or when it's a pleasurable thing. We play with switching on and off the I thought all the time. Whereas if you're playing golf and something competitive really comes in, it's not quite the same pleasure. It's a different thing. It's pleasure because of conditioning. You see? So there's layers to it. Hello, Nana. Hi. So, it depends on how it works for you. Depends yeah. on, there's just three examples, you know? I'm not a golfer, but uh, I, I like to watch good golfers do their thing. And, uh, I mean, the game at level seems to be incredibly simple, and at the same time, incredibly uh, difficult. 
because a large part of what good golf seems to entail is getting yourself out of the way. Yes. And that's very difficult to do, especially when when you're in circumstances. So the reason why, you know, uh, there's no there's no good example, but at the moment, but, but in a way, Tiger's Tiger Woods is like the ultimate example of a golfer. But you know, uh, even he gets falls prey to the kind of you know competitive conditions in which he's playing. Yes. So it seems as though when he does fall prey to them, that's when he loses his flow. That's for sure. Yes. Um, yes, because the personal eye comes in and invariably kind of screws things up a bit. So how do you control the personal eye in those conditions? The one who tries to control it is the personal eye. <laughs> so we're already in the game now, trying to control it. But it's about seeing that it arises and dropping it. Because otherwise you're just going to try and control it and you've got a big fatter eye. But it's about dropping it. Energetically, it's a going out to a thought that I am a separate individual and I am doing this now. So it's in time and space and it's limited to your body. And that's the criteria of the I thought. You see? So how do you drop it? First of all, uh, can you go into observer mode? Can you, can you kind of in some way step back on the inside and be observing what's happening without being stuck in what's happening? In principle. In practice? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think so. What's that mean? How do you measure your success in that regard? No, it's an aspect of mind where mind is observing without commentary. It's a benign observer. It's a skill of mind. It's still mind, but it's mind that's not practicing identification with thought. It almost sounds like hypermind. No, it's very passive. It's benign. It's non-judgment. It's just watching. Do you know what it's like? A CCTV in the corner. The CCTV doesn't know what it's looking at. It can look at an empty room, or it can look at extreme violence going on here, and it's still just shooting what's happening. So it's like that capacity of mind, just to observe benignly. Why is that either peaceful or joyful? Why is it peaceful? Yeah. Why is, why is that kind of consciousness either the substance of peace or, or that matter, of joy? Or bliss or whatever? It's, it's, it's a bit, it's relatively peaceful because there's less identification. Because identification with thought is the densest aspect of mind. It's the all-about-me story is running. When observation kicks in, that identification isn't happening. But there's identification with being the observer. And it's not as turbulent. There is something more natural in it. But from there, it's a halfway house. From there, there is a capacity to point mind towards that which is outside of all of manifestation. You can point mind there, you can lead mind there, and somehow, for some, for some all the time, and for some sometimes, a falling through happens. A being outside of it, where there's nothing in particular happening, or no thought being believed in. It's just a gap. And you don't know that gap is there until the eye starts again, and you're out again. In, in your own personalized story, your own life. Running the story of that. 
But these gaps between thoughts, or it's in deep sleep for sure. Because in deep sleep, there's no I, you don't know what's going on. So there are two steps when you ask how. Jumping from identification with the I story, I want to do this, it's like, well, you just got to see that that's a thought. I want to do this. See that that's a thought. Okay? And there's a relative piece there. Now, from there, who's the ultimate observer? There are many tricks to point mind to that place of where mind cannot go. And there something reveals itself. And there is an inner direct knowing that that is what you are and that the rest of it is just concepts believed to be true. Things find their final place in in the scheme of things. The illusion reveals itself as illusion. But it can't when the thoughts are being believed because you're in it. You're in it. Your role is taken to be real. So how is this consciousness distinct from deep sleep? In deep sleep, mind is on holidays. Mind is in abeyance. It's physiologically switched off. It's having a rest. It's going to wake up again. It's going to kick back in again. So there's a breather in deep sleep, but mind is only on holiday. Now, with self-realization, so a low-grade aspect of mind happens. And the other holiday, the, the other aspect of identification with mind is permanently on holiday. It's actually destroyed, it actually gets fried. The energy of it just shifts. But a low-grade aspect of mind continues to make sure that you have a shower and that you remember how to drive a car. And functioning takes place. So there's a difference between deep sleep and and operating, knowing what's real. You go through the task of being in, in incarnation and somehow uh, you know, taking the shower and brushing your teeth. The task having, of... Having the kids, taking care of the kids, car, whatever, I mean... What do you mean the task of incarnation. Is that, is that the word? No, you mean? I mean the point of being in incarnation is somehow to deal with to, to, to be in the world. Yeah, maybe there's no point to it. Could there be no purpose? In being in the world? Yes. Well that's what I, that's what, I think that's one of um, that's one of my deepest fears actually. There is no purpose. <laughs> right, let's throw it up. There is no purpose to any of it. There is no purpose to creation. There is no purpose to your life. Nothing. Mind likes attached to meaning and importance and being special has great kudas. There is no purpose to any of it. There never was. There never will be. Just is. Just is. And if you go back far enough, you'll see it never happened. But mind doesn't know how to do with that. So you can forget about it unless it shows itself. Never happened. Manifestation. Yeah, exactly. If if understanding goes deep enough, you would see that this never happened, that no concept actually ever happened. But anyway, let's throw that out for now. So, no purpose to any of this. There is no purpose to any of this. But the eye will cling to anything for to create a a foundation. But no foundation is actually solid enough because there's always doubt at play 
When mind has come up with an idea, mind will come up with doubt. One of the functions of mind is to doubt. So there's no purpose. Let there be no purpose. And somehow it frees it up. Once you get beyond the fear bit. It frees up the value system of, of importance. Fulfilling your role and that being important and things like that. Your role will happen. But, you know, there's no purpose to any of it. Roles happen. The movement happens. The movie happens. Rearing your kids happens. With or without the burden of, I am responsible for my children's education. With or without that thought, caring for them will happen. And who you think you are has no bearing upon that. Not at all. It makes it burdensome. It makes functioning burdensome. For the I. <laughs> and indeed, even worth living. For the I. Awesome. Whatever. Of course, because those values only apply to an I. All values apply to an I. What you really are has no attributes, has no values. It doesn't know anything about any of this. It's not interested in concepts. It doesn't have interest in anything. It just is. It's prior to all such things that we can talk about. Exactly. The ground of all being. That doesn't mean it's uh, the, I mean, maybe there's a sense in which it's ultimate. I mean, there's a sense of being here and being conscious is fundamental, but uh, what you do with that is what's interesting to me. It's interesting to the eye, yes. Yeah. And it will become disinteresting. It will become empty in whatever it can present. It's just more of the same, same. It gets like that. Yeah. What do you get where it feels like that? Yeah, sometimes it comes at age. Sometimes it doesn't need age. Yeah. So what's the advantage of getting it young? Getting that kind of realization young? But your body has nothing to do. How many years your body is on the planet has nothing to do with any of this. That's just part of the movie. It's got nothing to do with an awareness being in that body or not in that body. It's got nothing to do with any of it. The absolute manifests in form and doesn't gain anything or lose anything by manifesting. It doesn't even know about manifestation. How could it? Because there would be two if it did. Be what? There would be two if it did. And there aren't, there isn't even one. It's just, just isness. Isn't even aware of being isness. Okay. And then take away the concept of isness and rest there. I find it very liberating to think there is no purpose. Yes. Yeah. <laughs>
Every belief can get thrown off. Mm. Thrown off. Let it get light. Let it free up. Let who you think you are disappear. Let it be challenged and let it fall away. It's nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing. Bundle of thoughts. Your life is no more than a bundle of thoughts. No purpose. It's great. <laughs> Do you know what it is? Mm. Yeah. But what's that moment of fear, that panic, that kind of, it, it wants to clutch, it doesn't want to let go. Yes. It clutches back to itself. Yes. And it yes. holds on. Yes. I mean, why does that happen when, when liberation is like yes. breathless almost? Yes, yes. For some, it's stronger, and I've, I've only noticed this since, since I started sitting in satsang. For some, it's much stronger than others. And from what I see, I think it's because where the fight for survival in life, for safety, for survival, that you have to fight for things. Do you know? Mm -hmm. That's where that conditioning seems to flow in where the I believes it's got to cling on to itself and keep protecting and keep fighting for its own existence. From what I think, from what I've seen, it seems to come from that package that's part of that conditioned behavior. That what, what, nothing, so surrender after fighting and protecting and building so much and working so hard to invest in this. Drop it? This investment for nothing? And it's like, yes. It's for nothing. It's got no purpose at all except for the spin of it. Just for the heck of building it up and trying to make it whole. Only to let it crumble and see that it was nothing anyway. It was just a game. But if that can be okay, liberating is what it will feel like. Mm -hmm. Do you have any suggestions for how to approach being in that situation? Because I feel that very the experience for a while yeah. and it's becoming intolerable. The, the fight of the eye to be more substantial. Deeply, deeply, intractably contracted and terror of death. And okay. Um, okay. Does ritual have a resonance for you? Does doing a ritual make sense to you? Or is it something that you poo-poo? It has an appeal, even though it doesn't sit with what I've been working on. All right. Yeah. Have a private ceremony. Have your own funeral. Mm -hmm. Have a ritual. And, and let it design itself. I'll bring that, I'll bring that. Not like, how should this be? How will my funeral? No, no, don't go there. Yeah. Have a funeral. And, and, and let yourself be laid to rest. What I'm doing is, is playing with the mind to let it experience that it's okay to be laid to rest. It's not a murder of the eye. It's laying it to rest. Because the eye is exhausted. It wouldn't be in satsang otherwise. It's exhausting. 
to keep rebuilding it and reforming. It's so, it becomes so unnatural to be out of the natural state. So unnatural to be out there perpetuating this I. So it's about laying it to rest. It's not a murder. It's not a crucifixion. But it thinks, and especially because, because that's, that's in our media all the time. The horror of murder and violence is there. And so the I takes on that conditioning and imagines that it's going to be murdered. That actually, you know, I mean, all these influences are at play. So, so with something like this, we can just recondition that thought. Recondition that thought. If it's operating from a fear of its own annihilation, it's like, hey, I'm going to introduce the concept here that it's about being laid to rest. Which doesn't mean annihilation. Um, um, it means no more. Yeah. Being laid to rest and the story being over. But it's just a, a, a softening way of presenting it. Exactly. And ritual may just allow that to happen. I think so. Uh, for some reason, that I think ritual is going to make sense to you in this. That's wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. I'm really profoundly exhausted with it all now. Yes, you are. You are. At the end of my tether. Yes. And after having that ceremony, um, any time that fear resurrects us, hey, rest, you can rest, you can rest, you can rest. So as you go to observer and see that the eye is up again and you're observing, say, hey, rest, 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 rest. Okay? Keep putting that in and it'll stop fighting. The notion of rest. The notion of rest. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see how the conditioning is just active all the time? And sometimes the trick is to, well, condition it with the opposite. Do you know? Sometimes that's all it needs. Sometimes mind just wants to hear the opposite story for it to find its balance, to let go of story. Sometimes it needs that. Sometimes you just can't drop a story, but you've got to give it the opposite. And somehow, it's okay. You see? Yeah. <laughs> Can you elucidate this phrase, the story and the story? I mean, I've heard it before in satsang. Um, but I'm not really, I'm not really, I don't really understand it. Unless, unless it simply means the narrative we create for our own life. Is that what it means? Uh, yeah, the, for your own life and the world. And the subject-object narrative of which you would be part. Sometimes the subject, sometimes the object, whatever. The subject-object narrative. So it's greater than just your life. It's how you see the world or how you imagine other people see you, then you're the object, of, you know? You see? The subject-object narrative. Because it is separation that gives rise to the subject-object story. And that's when it's pure Story, nothing else. Because only mind comes up with subject-object, because there are not two. So all story is creation of mind and always needs two. Because no story can be told unless there's two. Because something is talking about something. Something is describing something. Something is seen as separate, believed to be separate. Do you see? Once upon a time. Once upon a time. Yes, it's a big once upon a time. So it's the subject-object. Anything which can be spoken of is story. 
So that suggests that uh, there's no point in this week. Speaking happens. In the movie, speaking happens. But yes, the truth does not speak. There is nothing said there, there's nothing to say. But while attention is there prior to thought and outside of it all, for sure, the functioning, as long as the form is there, nothing needs to think it's this form for the functioning to still happen. Because functioning happens with or without your eye saying, I'm doing. The functioning would still happen. I once had an experience in meditation years ago where I felt if I died at that moment it wouldn't matter. I would still it was part, I would still be there. But was that just the eye? Was that just a trick of the eye or was that what was that? That's right. That you would still be where exactly I would what was still, the feeling. I would still continue. Yes. I would still continue. Yes. But was that a trick? No. That was a moment of seeing that you were not your body. Mm. Yeah. Yes, I saw that clearly. Yes. But was that in itself illusion? Um, it, 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 uh, it's a realization within the illusion. So it's a realization of what is, but within the illusion. Do you see? Yes. yes. So, so yes. that's how we fall through the illusion. The, the we, the I, breaks. And truth is seen until plop. The capacity to be in the illusion, there's nothing else hanging on. So the capacity to be in it is gone completely. And then there's no illusion at all. But as long as the body is alive, there is the appearance of the illusion. It doesn't get any thinner than an appearance. So seeing of truth within the illusion is, yes, even if I die, I'm not going anywhere. Because it's a knowing and it's the mind interpreting that I am all of it. So I'm all of it. So what's the deal? I can't go anywhere. I'm... Yeah. Let those things come. Because liberation is only for your mind. So it's the mind being liberated. It's the mind breaking through the illusion. It's the mind recognizing and copying on to what is. What is the truth? Oh, welcome, Lewis. (laughs) (laughs) You see, what you are doesn't need liberation. It knows nothing about it. But the appearance facilitates this movie, this creation, facilitates the idea that you can get to know yourself. It's like, but mm. you, that activity itself is nuts. Mm. Because you are all of it and you're not knowable. So in dropping the I thought, something is seen to be so. But you can't grasp it. You see? So the mind will say, but was it real? Was it not real? Can I do something with it? Can I? And it's like... Forget it, forget it, forget it. 
It was just a seeing, no more. Mm. Well, having come in so disgustingly late for, well, I won't give that for you with this and that about the roof falling in and uh, my cousin desperately. Yeah. It's just life. No, yes. Those things are called life. I yeah. knew I couldn't miss you. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um, no, it did strike me that from a metaphysical point of view, Armstrong views a bit similar to children. They play hide and seek, and then they get together again, and they're one, one family, one friendship. And then they get a bit bored with it all, and say, oh, let's have another game of hide and seek. I mean, there's no purpose. Yes. Except for the hide and seek Because itself. it's fun. Yes, yes, yes. Couldn't agree well, with you more. No, yeah. you couldn't. Now, that, that disappoints me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought you'd say, oh, it's not really like that at all, and explain, but you really think that's... Uh, it's a good analogy, no? It's a good analogy, yeah? Well, it's, it is uh, like being a child. Of course we're kids. Of course. Yes. We're playing. We're playing a, a role, yes. imagining we're, we're somebody. It's like a kid. I'm the shopkeeper coming by my tomatoes, you know, in their little playhouse. Yes. It's like that. Just adults with another more sophisticated script. Yes, I'm sure. And taking it awfully serious because we're adults now. Yes, I'm, I'm, I'm sure play is very, very important. I also think that progress and getting places and getting to higher stages of development, of being what you were before you were created, you know, I, I, I feel purpose too and high seriousness well, and uh, awe and... All that higher levels of consciousness is trash. Um, it's absolute garbage. <laughs> <laughs> it's garbage. There are no higher levels of consciousness that have any significance, that have anything to do with liberation. Nothing. They've got to do with higher levels of consciousness, whatever that is. Lower handicap of golf seems just as important, to be honest with you. <laughs> A lower handicap at golf seems just as important, oh. to be honest. Oh, right. You know, it's just, it's just something that has a value within certain circles, within a specific way a mind works. Yeah. Higher levels of consciousness seem to have, and all these dimensions and all that, that all seems to have a value within a certain grouping. But as every value has... Has everything has a value within certain groupings, you know? Yeah. Means nothing. Means nothing. Well, I wouldn't say it means nothing. I, I, you know, St. John of the Cross said that uh, the bird was just as captive if it was caught by one single little thread as uh, if it was uh, um, bound down by iron chains. This is absolutely true. And uh, at any level of consciousness, yes. you, you can still be unliberated. Notice it's easier to get through a cotton thread than it is an iron chain. So ultimately, the final thing is, uh, um, if you like, the grace of God. But, um, yes, but there's no the such thing time. as being half liberated. Or he also said it's easier to get through this um, fine cotton than it is the iron chains that you start off with, you see. You're still not liberated. I, You're still I, not I, liberated, finally, that's the point. Finally, only the grace of God can liberate you. Yes, I fully agree with that. But that's not external to what you are. 
Different name, different form. Mind does that labeling as if a different form is, is separate because of what? Because of a parameter of the skin? Who knows? But mind likes to say, and we train our children to name objects, to start that labeling. That's fine. That's, that's how that works. But if mind does not do that labeling, it will be seen that there is only God.
wars, poverty, etc. All that shit, you know. And I don't see that as deity. You see, you, know, you see, I'm not talking about the I seeing something as deity or not deity. The I is the problem. When the I is seen to be no more than a concept, it's not that poverty is deity in manifestation. There are no two. There, what is, is deity. But the I says poverty, good or bad, deity, poverty, for example, okay, and separate things. Take away the I and all of that labeling structure goes with it. That perspective is part of the I functioning. It's like having a pair of sunglasses on. It's like, it's like, no, it's not that that window is brown. Take off the sunglasses and the window would be seen what the color it is. You see, it's, it's the I that is seeing. Well, well I can, I'm not asking your I to see deity in everything. I, I, your eye can't do that. That's just another concept. And heaven forbid if the function of this is to give you another set of concepts. It's not that at all. It's quite the opposite. Drop the concept of I. Investigate it to see if it's real or if it's just a concept that's reinventing itself in every moment because attention is placed into it. Investigate it to see if it's real. And then the whole lot will show itself for what it really is. That's what I'm saying. Do you see the difference? Uh, yeah, I, I, I hear you, certainly. Um, I, I can't say that I'm seeing it, or that seed is what's going on here. Um, I'm, well, sorry. <laughs> I am habitually. Yeah. It's predisposed to including the word I in the equation. Um, <laughs> but I. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. <laughs> I'd like to ask you, um, because what you just said is. is you know, there are no levels of consciousness. And I, I get... That. Really, they're not. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. I'm, I'm just wondering about the unconscious, because I've, thought, I've experienced things that I was not aware of that have come to the surface. Mm. Yes. So, I, I, you know, they're just, it's still all consciousness. Um, yes. It's not at like a different level, but there is certain aspects that I've, as it were, pushed down. Yes. I mean, would you accept that? Yes, mind plays like that. Yeah. Yes, it does. And sometimes it's the flow of that energy to come up and be exposed to the conscious mind, and sometimes not. Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. So within the movie, there are levels of consciousness, but they're not worth anything. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know? That's the bottom sort of, line. They're sort of counterfeit. Yeah, they are counterfeit, exactly. They are counterfeit, yeah. They are, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Mm -hmm. well, they're not worth anything. No, they're not worth anything. That's, That's right. Fresh. Yeah, ultimately. But, but there's a cartography there, there's a map. Yes. That sometimes is useful. Yes, within the eye. For the eye to play at being eye, yes. Yeah, yeah. So beyond all of that. And you were mentioning ritual before. Is there a place for, for ritual 
in in sort of I don't know sort of somehow making this journey we talked about this morning more real as a as a place for it to reinforce. Talk more around that now. I don't quite get. Well, my experience of of some rituals in this place have been very um, trance-like. They've been very taking. I forget myself, if it were. So the eye is, for moments, is not there because it's. Mm. I, I don't know whether I'm just entranced by the ritual. Sure. It's just another mind game, or whether it's it, there's some deep resonance. Uh, yes. Um, you know, into the deeper part, the deeper understanding. Yes. That somehow or another it brings more, from, if you like, from the unconscious into into the surface. Yes. I don't know. Yes, it all has its place. See, there's only the path. Mm -hmm. The is part of the path too. Sometimes it has resonance and energetically shifts something. Sometimes it doesn't. Does it? Yeah. And eventually it doesn't become about shifting. It becomes not about shifting energy at all. In the end, that too is the distraction. Mm -hmm. It all will be seen as a distraction. But whatever makes sense to us for a while, we we'll try that. And then we move on to something else. We try that. Oh, this one is for people of higher consciousness. And we try that. And it's all a distraction. It's all maintaining the eye. All of it. Everything that can be thought. Everything that an eye can do. Every bit of fixing. Everything. It's just maintaining the eye. And when it's all seen to be just that, clearly there is nothing left or nothing of any interest except observe the thought and outside of it. Abide So when I'm transported by a, a piece of incredible piece of music in yes. a cathedral, yes. um, is there any sense at all that, that is putting me in touch with what's prior to consciousness? If there's a sense that something is putting you in touch with no, prior no, to consciousness, okay. okay. No, no, I get that. All right. Is there a sort of resonance with prior to consciousness happening? Yeah. Yes. Good art can do it. Yeah, good art. Mm. So at your level of consciousness... <laughs> well, I am asking you a question. Sure. And it's not anywhere... Sure, I'm just taking the mickey. Yeah. Yes, that's, that's okay, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> nevertheless, um, I mean... Are you always satisfied? Do, do you feel there's nowhere else to go? Yes. You've, you've got there. There's no I. That's clear. There's always a sense of peace, satisfaction, everything's okay. There's always an I don't mind kind of running. It's really Eileen Caddy's always very, 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 very well. Yes, always. Despite all the poverty and yes. the wars. Yes, yes. There's no denial of anything. All is very well. All well. is very well, yes. Yes. But all the same, I think you're um, a bit like a sponge, if I might use an analogy. And you see that now the sponge is it totally interpenetrated with water. Now the sponge loses all its surface delusions that it's this or that. And it can... Uh, then penetrate to the water, and this is obviously a very blissful experience. And he can say, "Oh, I am God," because of the water totally penetrated me. But isn't it a bit unfair to the Atlantic Ocean? <laughs> 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 
you explain that last one. Doctor said to be a fiddler. Well, water, <laughs> I mean, water isn't just me. I mean, true enough, when I experience the, the water that's in me, it will be an enormously blissful experience, I'm sure. But nevertheless, um, when I really experience the Atlantic Ocean, it will probably be in vastly greater uh, non-experience. It is a non-experience. Yes, it, you, I mean, you know, it, it's rather limiting things when you say that uh, you are God. Although I appreciate, on the other hand, you could argue that as in God there is no possible division. Anybody who has realised God is God. Yeah, yeah, or knows that all is God, knows that there is only God. There's no sense that I am God. But what's yeah. that I? Yeah. The I would have to be the cosmos, okay, then I am God. Mm. Do you know? But it can't be a relative I. Yes, but all the same, don't you experience the cosmos in a way that is distinct to the not you? Don't you have a sort of um, perspective? a different perspective on the cosmos than, say, the not-me would. I, I, I guess it's just based on whatever conditioning is running. All that's missing is the layer of personal ownership. Yeah. So there isn't me and the cosmos, so that layer is gone. But, but whatever levels of conditioning are still running, of course. Mm -hmm. You know? Uh -huh. Irish culture, I, I don't know, education these things would surely influence how, how the cosmos is perceived. Yeah, now I'm saying... They're still active, the, no? The sort of ultimate person is even deeper than Irish, Irish culture. Yeah. Okay, we're going to go back to this again. <laughs> ultimate person <laughs> is in there with Santa Claus. We could say being fully human, huh? Yes, yes, yes. But it's not non-existence. It's heightened existence. It's neither existing nor existing. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It has to be outside of both. Oh, right. But outside of birth, does not outside of birth include birth? Yes. Ah, thank you very much. But not identified with either. No, not identified with either. But nevertheless... Uh, they often perhaps this one that's gradually understanding all its difficulties uh, is, uh, yeah. as within the relative appears it appears to it appears to be growing and understanding and doing things but 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 the one who is growing and understanding and realizing things doesn't exist that's what is to be realized does it exist or not does he exist or not and who realizes that uh, he doesn't exist? Exactly. Exactly. When, when he, <laughs> when it is seen that 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 the seeing happens in consciousness, it doesn't yeah. happen by a personal eye. Yeah. Well, if you say it's beyond anything, I fully agree with you. But I think it does include everything as well. Yes. And yes. It includes me and the personal God who created me. Ah! Okay, but there is no truth in that beyond thought. Well, I'd say that... Uh, it's believed to be true, Lewis. I'd say that 
thought can correspond to reality. Subjective. Subjective and objective. Beyond and beyond this. Absolute reality knows nothing of any separation, <coughs> of anything, of any separate God. It has no currency at all in absolute reality. So at some point, there, there, there is where God and man does not exist. At some point, there isn't. And that's where I'm pointing to. Yeah. I'm interested in pointing to the absolute only. Everything else wears out somewhere. Nothing else has currency. It's all counterfeit. Yes, you see, I identify the absolute with the triangle of God. The I, go after the I, not the concept. Go after the I and find out if he's real. The I who's running those beliefs. Why do you think what is, or even the absolute that matter, set us up to imagine that, um, that we are eyes? But God didn't set up anything. The absolute is manifesting. Well, what is? Human beings yeah. have to imagine that they are eyes. That's what civilization is about. I mean, the day they stop being monkeys hanging in trees and basically being with what is and grabbing what they could to, to survive, they began to imagine themselves as eyes. And as eyes, they became something like what human beings now think of. Themselves. Sure, lots of animals think so of why, animals. I mean, it's set up that way. That's part of what we understand of evolution. Understanding what part of what makes it possible to make distinctions. Because, I mean, I have no doubt that in some sense, you know, this absolute, which you're pointing to, pre-exists um, time and space. But that is surely a belief. Yes. That is not knowledge. That's a belief. Yes. And just as Lewis's beliefs are beliefs. And, um, and I can also imagine that the absolute suffuses all that we understand of manifestation. But, um, you know, to my mind, to my mind, indeed, um, uh, you know, <laughs> I have not, I, I have a mind because part of what it does is give me the understanding of distinctions between what is in manifestation, all of which, you know, all of which, you know, it's useful. It's indeed potentially perilous from the point of view of generating confusion and grief. Um, mind creates. Okay, okay. Mind creates the I. You said I have a mind. Mind is creating um, the I. Mind is creating the I. Yes. That's conceivable. But, but and then all of that. Set, was set up to do that. Then as, as it gets denser, more down that pathway, yes, life can be perilous and stuff. But, but, but going down there, well, then you're just into the dualistic world, and, and that's fine. And that, that play happens that's too. That's what it is too. That, yeah, that play happens. So in, in, in pulling back, and in, in seeing with more and more objectivity, none of that stuff has any currency with the absolute. You can't bring any of that story. That story needs the labeling mind. The labeling mind can be seen just as a function of mind, which actually, even living on the planet, doesn't need it. Doesn't need the labeling mind. 
the labeling function can be dropped. Okay, um, some guys with minds come up with the following idea. Uh, the guy in question actually was Double Luck. Um, his idea is, having studied the way the planet functions, and the way the human race is on the planet, doesn't see it being uh, terribly compatible. So he imagines a world, you know, this particular planet as being capable of sustaining 500 million people. Um, now, uh, listening to you as I have for not very long, sorry about that, but I'm, nice, I'm happy to be here now. Um, if what you're suggesting to me is that the most that I can do in relation to the perspective drama, melodramas, tragedy that's going to unfold over the next hundred years is to essentially imagine myself as being a, a TV martyr. Absolutely not what I'm talking about at all. Yes, that's right. All right. Well, if it's not, then it's going to be house. If the glasses are on that sees the world where it's going in the next hundred years, it is taken that you are separate, that the world exists, that there is good and bad, and that there's right and wrong, and that something could be done, and I have the power to, for, for change. All of these beliefs are taken as real. Yes. If they're all taken as real and you want to run them, run them. But don't go to that thing. If they're taken as real and there's still something that wants to run on that belief system, well then there is, there's nothing that's ready to actually see that the eye is a load of thoughts and concepts. If interest pulls you to save the planet, go off and save the planet. Do it and good luck and I hope it works. I sincerely hope it works. Give it a good shot. Everything helps. But I'm talking about, hold on, if, if you believe that that's important and to do it, then do it. But if you're interested in the truth, this is a completely different show here. What's truth got to do with any of this stuff? Correct. You're saying nothing? It has nothing to do with any of this stuff? No, I'm, I'm just saying it's a good question. What has truth got to do with any of this stuff? It'll find out if you're real. That's what we're here to talk about. Find out if you're real. And you'll find the rest of it will fall down like a house of cards. But it will find its place in the scene, in the order of things of which it is naturally. Not with the perspective of the, the, the series of concepts. I exist, and the planet is in a mess. Blah, 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 taken as given. Beyond all of that, and if they are not willing to be seen as concepts, don't go to Sansa. Genuinely, with respect. You know, it, it's, it's, it, it's like... No, I won't give an example. But you see the point? I'm not sure if I do. Is it, is it perhaps that Roger is saying, uh, we're in the world, and you're saying, the world is in us? So it's not so much we are in the world, but as, this, as the absolute... We are the world. There's a separation which doesn't exist. Is that true? Uh, yeah, that, that's closer to it. But if there is an attachment and a taking for granted 
of a series of beliefs no, which that. are given and understood to be truth and now let's work on top of that. I'm not interested in that. Mm. But if a mind is mature enough to see that these are my beliefs, these are my beliefs, and okay, now what do I do? These are my beliefs. But without that objectivity, these are my beliefs. But these are taken for granted. And now let me show, let, now talk to me about what's all my hidden beliefs about. If these aren't even ready to be exposed, then satsang doesn't make sense. Mm -hmm. I'm terribly sorry, I've got to go. I really am incredibly stretched. I'm sort of moving. <laughs> it's fine. Good to see you, Lewis. <laughs> do what you're doing. <laughs> Your jacket. Your jacket, yes. Your jacket. <laughs> See, I don't know what I do about all these other people who are not me, too. <laughs> 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 I've gone the wrong way, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> you can even What I try to say is, if we see ourselves in the world, yeah. then there are lots of tasks that we can see to do. And there are an awful lot of concepts taken as real yes. already. But if we see that um, the world is in us, in other words, it's all consciousness, it's all, it's all mind, as you said earlier, um, that's a, it's a completely different perspective. It is. But I'm not sure that concept is going to work for Roger. <laughs> no, it, it may not, yeah. uh, but it may work for me. <laughs> yes, yes, it might work for you, exactly. It may work for me. Yeah. Uh, and to that extent, I think what Lovelock is saying is a little nonsense. Yes, mm -hmm. of course. From that perspective, yes. Yeah. It's just within a movie. Yeah. It's just within a matrix. That's right. And I listened to the news in the break, and I was just astonished how consensus reality was so different mm -hmm. than the morning. Uh, you know, it's like with it so much, as you said, in the media, that reinforces a lot of old nonsense. It is a lot of nonsense, yes. Yes. Perpetuating a lot of conditioning out there. Yeah. And that's fine too. That happens that's too. That's what's Absolutely. happening. That's, what's happening. that's right. That's what happens. It keeps the show going. Yeah. The personalized story going. Yeah. Do the cracks appear? Mm -hmm. Someone once said we need to be lucid dreamers. Mm. And that we realize it's a dream that not be involved in the dream, we can be within the dream, but just know that it's a dream. Yes. So we can act in the world, ultimately it doesn't matter what happens to the planet, but within the movie it does. Yes, correct. within the movie. Correct. Correct. It finds its balance, you see. It all finds its place. There's no denial of anything when it is seen as a movie, when it just shows itself to be what it is. There's no denial of any of it. And the, the lucid dreaming, being in the dream, there's no sense of the individual eye being in the dream. But yet something moves through your body, like, like, like a puppet, but there's no puppeteer holding the strings. But it's like a puppet, it's like something, you know, like you might put on the kettle and then you say, oh, I'll have a cup of tea. You say, do you have it on the kettle? Do you know, it's, there's a simple thing some, sometimes and there's no intellectual decision, I'm going to put on the kettle, but you did put on the kettle and you have no memory of it. Do you know those gaps of where the eye isn't doing it, but action happens? Let that happen all the time. So you're saying we should become less conscious rather than more conscious? Yes. The present moment, being aware of the now and all that, that's, that's a technique like meditation to bring mindfulness, to bring attention to the present moment. But it's too much because it's locked into time and space and it's all about I and I'm doing it and I'm being conscious. 
that will have to be thrown out too. So do I have responsibility to be honest, for example? There's no responsibility. Yeah. There's no responsibility. Well, a choice. I have a choice, though. Well, no choice either. No? Mind plays at having free will, but there is no free will. But certain things will make sense to you, and that is what will move you forward. And dishonesty, it will be seen that dishonesty doesn't really work long term. So have a choice. It does feel like that, that there is a choice, but actually it's only going in one direction. But mind imagines it has an option. We play with that. And as long as the individual I is believed, as long as you believe you're a separate individual, you will feel like you're free will. I don't believe I know. Uh, you know you're a separate individual. Of course. You say I am for me. I say I am say I for am. you. Yeah. I can only say I am for myself. I can't say it for Roger, I can't say it for you. We're separate. You're talking like satsang like 5,000 years ago. We're in a different era. We have consciousness. We are growing in consciousness. There it was devotion, giving ourselves up, you know, forgetting ourselves. The, the strength was then to give ourselves up into the bigger, to dissolve ourselves. Now it's to have courage to, to, to overcome things, to know who is I and who are these other voices in me. There are other voices who are not true. Absolutely. And where true. does that end up? Where does that end up? Yeah, where does that go to? Well, I thought you didn't want any purpose. No, no, there's no I want anything. I'm asking you, where does that go? If, if, if that, that is I a grow. sequence... That I grow. Uh, to what? What's the... To become God. To become God. So you're not God and you can become God. I am a seed God. of God. I'm a seed, like seed from a sunflower, I imagine. I'm a seed from a sunflower. Yeah. This little I am. Yeah. And it's growing with lots of obstacles to become bigger. To become more like the sunflower. Based on, come from. based on what? Values that you learn? What values? No. I don't know. Like, how does this growing work? Explain well, it to me. I've life, never heard this theory challenges. before. Like, for me, it's not a courageous act to speak up here. But yeah. that's conditioning that courageous is a good thing, is it? No, I, 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 it's, it's a moral force in me to say, you know, I need to speak my truth also. Morality is learned. It's conditioned. No, 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 no. Otherwise, we would murder each other all the time if it was if it wasn't sort of. Uh, <laughs> Some cultures do, and they eat each other, and that's okay for them. That's their morality. Okay. Well, you're very good verbally, but I think you're really uh, giving us big illusions which are completely untrue. Yeah. Okay. Fine. <laughs> Yeah, no, I, did, I don't want to challenge you. Yeah, to yeah, no, no, I want to speak my truth as well. Yeah. yeah, if that's what it is, but there is no my truth. There is no. It's not about giving concepts. It's like find out if you exist. There's only I one, I have, one thing I have, to do. I know, I, I exist. And you say you know you exist. Yes, I do. Well, good for you. Yeah, well, well, when I investigated, I discovered I wasn't, and well, I never was. I know you probably don't like yourself <laughs> or something. Yeah. Gosh, no. Yeah, there's what, only love. Of course, absolutely. There is only love. Absolutely. So why deny it? But you're nothing is denied. Nothing but is you're denied. you're saying, I don't exist, you don't exist. That's not a denial. It's not a denial of anything. Everything is embraced. Everything is embraced. For me, the love is felt much more when I'm not in the notion that I am the little self. Yes, mm. that's right. Well, to me, that's the way round. Yes. It works. That's right. It's very clear. Yes. The one is, is many um, seeming barriers yes. to the, yes. the identification of yes. separate personality. 
That's right. Small self. And the concept of love is active. It's, it, it's very difficult then for the, the um, A, to be present, and B, to be sustained, because, um, you know, um, it, it, it falls away again very quickly. So to me, it's, it's, it's the other way around. Yes. What you say. Mm. Did you say that you know that you don't exist? Don't I have you say? Yeah, and if I had better language, I'd use different, different language. But language is dualistic, so, you know, kind of get the point rather than yeah, the language. language is it is a course, you see. Yeah. It was seen, it's not an intellectual concept, it was seen that, that, that being an individual was a concept. So that concept dissolved. And so then it's like, gosh, there, there is no individual having a separate life here. You spoke earlier about experiencing everything, the pleasure and the pain. Uh, do you actually experience that? Is that? Not personally, no. no. There's always a sense of something passing through, you know, if something... And anger can pass through or, you know, stuff... It wouldn't be that often, but something... A kid in a bike comes out in front of the car, it's like, whoa! Jesus, we're not looking where you're going, and whoo, it's gone. Do you know, normal stuff like that. But there's a sense that it's passing through. There's, there tends to be no story attached to it afterwards. Oh my God, he gave me a fright. That layer doesn't happen. It doesn't get personalized. Do you see? So there's just a passing through and nothing sticky. So it's gentler and everything keeps flowing. Could I ask also then, what is your perception, if you have one, yeah, yeah. you know, visual or whatever, of... Um, what's present you know, as, as the awareness that you are um, because I've heard others um, describe seeing um, the, what we see with our physical eyes the visual that we would all more or less agree on within the dream the movie playing is there but there's also behind it or, or in front of it depending on perception there's this um, visual um, imagery of, of, of the truth that actually is, is um, what is at the deep ground of being. So with inner vision and, and physical eye vision, there's an awareness of both. And I just wondered if you have that experience. Does any of this make sense? Um, I'm not sure if I have you or not. No. Okay. But it's more that something doesn't happen now. It's no. more that a commentary doesn't happen, happen, a labelling, a registering of what is seen. None of that happens. I'm not sure if that answers it. Mm, okay. So, so yeah. what is this is, but there's no like, oh, a wall, oh, a tree, oh, the garden. If I'm with people, it does because it's conversation. But it's not really registered as I was in this place that had... There doesn't seem to be a place to, to place those stories because the observing of them or the seeing of them doesn't happen. Do you know, like, for example, if, if you and a friend were going, taking a taxi to someplace this one morning and the taxi was lit, okay? And the taxi arrived and it arrived, but it, you know, it's fine. Now, you met somebody for lunch where you were and your friend was saying, God, the taxi was late, so I rang them up and see where it, but you didn't even kind of even register that the taxi was late. It came when it came. Do you know there was no, it's 8 o'clock now and he's late and what time is he going to be here and I phoned the company. 
You know the way it doesn't get turned into a thing. Into a story. Into a story. Nothing gets turned nothing. So nothing ever happens to me. You know, for the want of a better word. Nothing happens. Yes. Yeah, it's all just the same. It's just energy moving all the time. It's all just one big mass of energy. That's the movie, the dream, the illusion. It's just one big mass of energy. So the la- it's more what doesn't happen. It's like the labeling doesn't happen. The, the energy thing is, is, is the illusion? Yeah. yeah. Because it is energy. It is all just molecules. Isn't it? Yeah, it is. Of course it is. It's just a load of molecules. So why is that mm-hmm. an illusion? I'm not quite... I'm sorry. I'm, so just want to be clear about what you just said. You said that the perception that's all energy, emotion, yeah. is an illusion. Yes. Yes. It, it, but that's what it is. Yes, that's right. That's what it is. And it's an illusion. But that's what it ah, is. Uh, yeah. 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 That's right. That's what it is. But it's not absolutely in existence. It's within an illusion. That's, that's, it, it can be broken down very finely to molecules. Okay, my mind is going to two places. Theoretical physics on the one hand, and theology on the other, I guess. I don't know. Um, so, this plenum, which is which, which we experience the moon objects, uh, with a bunch of molecules, atoms, most of which is empty space. Yes, indeed. Um, and on the other hand, um, the notion that, that what is is somehow or other both manifest and unmanifest, don't you say? Manifest and unmanifest. Sure. So, um, you know, so in a way it feels like the whole thing is like God's movie, God's own personal, personal movie. Of which we have to see a bit players. Is that how it feels to you? Mm, not really. No. So it's not it's not a movie for God or what? What's, no. What's, 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 what's the what's the be, be, beyond manifestation and non-manifestation. That's where attention can rest. That's where attention stays and remains. And the energy of the identified mind tends to go back to that source. There's some sense of it being swallowed up. So, I, I'm wondering though, you see, when we talk about God and a movie, if, if we go into that imagery, then there is something separate from God. But, but maybe we could say that God is the movie. Not in the movie, or, but God is the movie. And we call that manifestation. Because the absolute doesn't lose anything or gain anything through manifesting. Is there still, at that point, is there a distinction between God and the movie? No, there can't be, you say. Can't be, right. That's why I'm trying to find a way around it where there's no distinction. There can't be a distinction. Because we're left with two if there's a distinction. Mm, exactly. But if you... Uh, if, if you uh, Allow the distinction between God manifesting and God unmanifest. It's an already a distinction. Oh yeah, that's already, that's already two concepts. It's already duality. Very good. It's already duality, yes. That's yeah. the right phrase for that. So, 
So how do you how do you reconcile that one? I mean, that's kind of like I'm manifest and manifest. Okay, place attention prior to that, and there's nothing to be worked out. <laughs> Mind will never get it. It will play around with it. Because mind is the obstacle. Place attention prior to the manifest and unmanifest, because that's an early, that's an early mm, fragrance of duality. Mm. So place attention outside of that, beyond that. Somehow it all falls into place. And if you consistently place attention there, it works. The I story loses its. And you also say that what is there is love. Is that what you said? Mm. What arises from there is love. Mm. What arises from there. There's nothing there. There's not even emptiness there. No, no oneness, no nothing. The absence of emptiness, we could say that's there. <laughs> Take emptiness away. Maybe that. Points. But it's also potential, isn't it? As well, it's potential and everything. When it starts coming into the conceptual, mm. yes, potential is burgeoning. Yes. So the essence of potential, we could say, is part of the absolute. Oh, I don't want to have parts of the absolute. But it's like the essence, you know, the, the essence of potential prior to potential. Yes. Can we go back that far? Yeah. Relax, like we're peeling back. How much can we get away with here? How far can we bring the concept? Can I ask you a few biographical questions? Mm-hmm. Quick ones. Um, <laughs> where, where, where did you come to the realization that you were sharing with us? Where? where did I come to the realization that? Where, where, whatever it is you're trying to impart to us, where did that realization come from? Where did you reference India. Bits in South America. With what teachers? I was kind of going solo, and um, um, uh, a Spanish master pulled me in. And he tossed me out and threw me onto Ramana Maharshi's path. But there was a six-day spell of samadhi in Amas that seemed to just, that seemed to turn a point, land something in a point of no return. I lost six days, um, and in the coming back of some semblance of of, of connecting with this form, um, there was a sensation that of 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 the downloading of desires that were not burnt out, that were not finished, that were not, that were still to be had. And for sure it was desire, there was a scene that, wow, desires are making an eye. That was seen, desires are making an eye. And in the, in the coming together of an eye again, it was noticed that, it, it was always seen from, from then, that, that there was no individuals anywhere, there never were individuals. There are just thoughts passing through consciousness which have a layer of ownership involved in the thought. And so the thought has an owner and therefore it translate, translates into being I. 
the ownership aspect of thought makes it my thought. And that gives the assumption that, well, therefore, I, I am an I, I exist. And those thoughts have voice through the human form, because we can speak them. And as they're spoken, they get more solid, and the I gets more solid. So, so the, the energetic breakdown of it became very clear. It was just seen to be how it is at the end of that samadhi. Um, and that never, that, that never, um, it never got more cumbersome than that, the seeing of how, how, how energy works. Prior to that, in Ireland, actually, I, I was taking some Santodyme medicine. I did a lot of shamanic stuff. And I was taking Santodyme. And um, there was... Um, Sorry, what is Santodyme? Yeah, it's a Brazilian um, yeah, uh-huh. medicine plant. Yeah, that's for... for hallucinogenic, yeah, for within sacred purposes or spiritual purposes, whatever you say. It's not a recreational thing. Um, and there was... Um, uh, I don't know, there was a thing that lasted oh, eight, ten hours. Those ceremonies are very long. They're all lunches. Um, there was a seeing that existence itself was a concept. That if the concept of existence stopped running, it was nowhere. Existence had no um, grounding, validity, currency, nothing of existence. There wasn't a smell of existence unless it was believed to be so unless the thought of existence was held. And so it was like, whoa, a big eureka. And then it was, so, this, gone, 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 gone. And there was this black hole, because that was the eye responding to nothing exists. You've nothing to cling on to. And there was a fighting for existence, a fight, fight, fight to exist. And it was too strong. Um, and it took an awful long time for my physical body to come back. I needed an awful lot of help. It was too strong. I wasn't able for it at all. Uh, it was premature, I suppose, if you look at the order of things, because I wasn't able to take care of myself. And when I finally came to, um, uh, I was left with this knowing that existence itself, existence itself is a thought, and everything else is built upon that. Okay, what do we do now? I've worked tomorrow. I've gone you know, and this knowing that that this is all based on a concept was there for several years before any knowledge at all came to explain. I, no matter what I did, I couldn't find it. I just hit hit walls. And so I was in that zombie land, but functioning and and doing normal, and nobody could see a thing or anything. But the whole the backside was torn out of it. And it was several years before that was shown to my intellect, before I finally heard somebody talking about it and saying, oh my God, that's what they're talking about. There's words for this. There's words. Cheapers. Do you know? So, South America, Ireland, India. I guess, if I'm looking at geography. So who's for this, this creation? Who's? Nobody's. Not God's. No, no, God doesn't think. No. God so how something happens if it's nobody's? It appears to happen. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> when concepts burn up or are dissolved or seen to be so, it actually is seen that it never happened. Mm-hmm. It shows itself that it mm-hmm. never happened. 
But the mind doesn't like that, doesn't know what to do with it, and it's not understandable. So who made the mind that didn't like it there's if it no didn't who. happen? You see, if there's a who who did something, we've got two. Mm -hmm. Check that out and really see if there's two. Mm -hmm. There isn't even one. Well, how come you're here then? If nothing ever happened to happen that yeah. you... Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a matrix. This is a movie that's already in the camera. I know your life is an illusion, I know that, but still this oh, well illusion then. is happening. Yeah, within the illusion it appears to happen, yeah. Yeah, and this form is in the illusion now, yeah, sure, of course. Nothing is denied. There's nothing for mind to cling to. And it will try to grasp, but it's just doing its thing. Let it do its thing. But know that you're not that. There's a lot of experience um, were you conscious of having that kind of experience? No, no, no. It was a so total you loss. were in it. Uh, in some, in, in, I don't know how you want to describe this, but uh, there, there was what, bliss. There was bliss for six days, but you weren't there. The, the, there wasn't even a sense of bliss. Until it started to fade, there became a noticing of the qualities of it. So in the last hour of it, there was a noticing of the qualities. But before that, I could have been asleep for six days. But the person I was with said, Oh, thanks for the God, you're normal. Can you talk? I'm like, what are you talking about? Do you know? I, I, I thought it was like two hours, because it was when the eye was formulating. And then it was six days later. It's like, you just, you just, every time there was a meal, I pulled you up off the floor, because it's, fabric on the floor, you know, mattress on the floor. I'd pull you up on the floor and say, Jack, we're going for food, and you'd say nothing, and you'd sit there and you'd eat something, and I'd take you back and put you down, and you were a zombie. You were just a zombie. And I said, and six days, it lasted for six days. And then I had a shower. And then I go to the loo. And I had Did you? Yeah, apparently. Apparently the, the body took care of itself, but I wasn't able to go for food. I don't think hunger was experienced. I don't know. I imagine it didn't, because, because I didn't go for food. You know, somebody brought me for food. I probably wouldn't have registered food at all. But you have no memory. There was no memory working. There was nothing. Nothing, nothing, nothing working. Except the noticing of, of, of how things, you know, were appearing as I was coming out. So already that was too late, as it were. You know? But this form was, I don't know, a bit like a vegetable, really. Doing very basic functioning. But... I don't know, I suppose in both experiences, something biologically, physiologically wasn't ready. Do you know? Because they weren't, there was no place for either of them. They were like, they were too forceful. Or... Who's, what's they in this case? Pardon? You used the word they. The Sanctodiomy and the, the one in, in Kerala, in Amos, the six days and the Sanctodiomy. Both of them, I, I, I wasn't able for either of them. They were like premature, the two of them, you know? You know? So that made it kind of rough to try and, uh, and function in the world and see, see if there's any understanding for what happened. Because the mind wants to understand it, wants to grasp it. Mm. But this mind was always running after it. Running after it, trying to w w work out what this is. Work this out, you know. And, and then I got used to not being able to work it out. Saying, okay, none of this is real, none of this exists. Okay, fine. So what? And it was like that for years. For four or five years, maybe. Do you know? Until the pieces came together. 
I got caught in a new age thing. I was doing, I was doing new age stuff. Um, and I never knew anything about non-duality. And I was looking for the answers in new age and I, I couldn't get it. So what you're saying is that the Advaita then kind of provided um, a map? Yeah, and it was after the events. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was like, oh, people, people can point to it because I know I can't talk about the truth because there was no words. It was like, nothing. I didn't even know what samadhi was. It was just like, do you know, so I'm conscious. What was that? It was no, nothing, nothing, you, you know? Um, so afterwards, yeah, I got the language for you can point to it. Of course, I can point to it. And it just seemed to unblock the whole thing. It, some integration happened when I found the Advaita language. Yeah. So it came after, and it was a blessing that it came. Because it just like, oh, Jesus, at last. I'm not, I know I wasn't nuts, but there's some context for all of this. So, you know, sometimes you find out about it before, the concepts blow up, and sometimes afterwards, and you know, there's everybody's path is different. And did you find the the Ramana Mahashi, um, sort of Bhagwan's teaching, the, uh, the, the that that's what expressed it? Absolutely, me. that's what I I found myself in his ashram by by mistake. I, no. I was supposed to be, you know, <laughs> doing something else. And, uh, mistakes, they say, you know. <laughs> and uh, there was a bookshop there, you know, and I'm doing that. God, there's something very fine here, something really nice here, you know, energetically. And started looking at these books, and I'm like, oh, for God's sake, I mean, read everything I could find in this bookshop. I read everything that's published in English there. <laughs> yeah, just, just, the pieces came together. Someone turned the collar on, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, now it's over. Now it's over, whatever all that was. Yeah. The total eye story. Yeah. What was over? The total eye story. Ah. Yeah. It's nothing to do now with satsang, right? I don't know. What tends to happen is that I tend to say yes when I'm asked to do something. That, that you know, some co- yeah, fine, I'll do that, fine, I'll do that. And that tends to dictate what this lifestyle is, you know? There's no plan. None at all. None at all. No, none at all. But there's a preference for sitting in silence and doing sweet F.A. <laughs> but, but it doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen because something says yes. You know, and so I, I, I go where I'm asked. It's simple. It's just happening and there's no like or dislike it. Or, you know, none of that features, you see. So it's all fine. There's always um, a sense of all is well and peace and harmony that just sits there, you know? And maybe that's a human physical experience, I don't know, maybe it is. I don't seem to have that objectivity even, you know? Do you have a partner? I was married for 13 years, and I, I, something couldn't do it anymore. <laughs> Just couldn't do it anymore. And what about it was so difficult to contemplate you do it? Um, 
there, there was a knowing that I'm going to get sick if I stay in this marriage. I'm going to get sick. Physically sick. Like get cancer or something. I'm going to get sick. Mm. I watched a program on, on Gandhi last night. And, um, uh, I don't know if you want to but at one point he did reach um, a stage in his domestic life where he uh, had to sort of like, you know, basically abandon his family in terms of giving uh, primary attention in order to uh, put attention on what he was calling Satyagraha, truth force, which of course he interpreted very politically, but um, sure, sure. Um, something similar to that. Just couldn't, just couldn't do that. To yes. Something. Just couldn't do it. Mm. Yeah. Sometimes that happens. Do you think it's possible to maintain that kind of consciousness? Yes. And still be. Yes, many do. It's just that they, they, they're committed to other things other than they're not free to go and sit and sit there. So the ones who are who are family less, <laughs> you know, or child-free, or whatever way you want to say it. Well, well we're freer to, to, to spend time, go away for weekends and things. So, but it's, it's only just a slice. It's only just a slice of, of... There are many who are rearing kids and making bread and doing such things. But there's no personal life. Does domestic conflict disappear? <laughs> 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 well, that would be a good sell. It's more that everything becomes okay. Because there's nothing to defend, there's nothing to get right, there's no point of view that's better than another. There's a kind of a free flow with whatever happens, you know? This conflict is very short. It's just a little spark and it's burnt out. I think the what Roger was saying before about you know, this perceived world climate change and population growth and all the rest. Yes. That the 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 art you know when when an awakening happens in the morning, there can be a, pit, a moment of, and then it drops in the eye. Here's That's the right. Eye, here's the eye. That's and right. And it's heavy and everything. But yes. then it's, it's sort of almost reinforced or backed up by, I have to yes. sort the problems of the world. Yes. I have to fix yes. this, that, and the other. I have to attend to my children. Yes. I have to. It's um, the eye story. Yes. Yeah. It does that. And and the eye then reinforces itself by telling another story that goes something along the lines of, and if I if I don't do that, I'm irresponsible. Yes. I'm terrified for yes. the planet. I'm terrified for my children. Yes. I'm, yes. Yeah. I'll be. I'll just become a couch potato, do nothing, blob yes. out, and and the eye will say will... that in order to perpetuate itself, but it's not true. It's not true. It won't become a culture, really. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just a lie to keep itself going. 
You won't become a couch potato at all. You try stopping life. <laughs> you try stopping your form moving and creating and doing good or whatever. You try stopping it. It'll keep, it'll keep on rolling. You'll keep recycling batteries. <laughs> do, you, do you know? You just won't put them in the bin. It just won't. It just won't happen. It doesn't need mind to be good to do the right thing. Without that, you will still care for the planet. It will just happen because you are the planet. You see? Yeah. As long as there's two, there's a caring attitude and an uncaring attitude. Without two, it's you. It's you. And that's just love. You see? It's much easier, freer, and natural. There's something natural in it. And the only thing that harshness will come towards is ego. Is, is something that needs an energetic shift to break a bit. It's the only time harshness will come out. You can't stop that either. You know, because there's no mechanism to stop anything. You, there's just free flow. It's just free. And just how scientists have proved some years ago now, that every action happens before, like if I, you know, if I have the idea I want to lift my right arm, the movement before I even started the sentence, if I have the idea I want to lift my arm, the movement to lift my arm started beforehand. You know, but the eye claims it. The eye is playing catch-up. You know, the mind is playing catch-up. So to think that the eye is making any of it happen, but the eye speaks so loudly to mind that you think that all motivation is coming from it. It's not. Even science is, is under that one. The movement happens without the eye. With the eye, but my choice. Mm, amazing. That. Science has that little gem. How are you doing over here? How are you doing? Mm. Okay. Yeah, it's making more of something. I mean, it's, it's resonating. Is there anything clashing? Is there anything uncomfortable? Um, I think the one thing that came up is if everything that's done, that the eye claims is happening without or before the eye, then things I perceive that I've done that are not good, it's just a judgment of the ego. It's, there is no not good or good. That's right. That true? That's right. Ultimately, there isn't. No. Because even for mind, you do the best you can do in any moment. If that's operating out of fear or protection or self-defense, it's still the best you can do given the condition that conditioning is running at the moment. But with hindsight, we imagine we'd have had that wisdom. No, we only got the wisdom after the event. But mind will use anything to perpetuate the eye. So it will use the hindsight to imagine you should have known, you should have did the wrong thing there. It's like, hold on, there was a sequence here. That wisdom kicked in after the event. You see? So that's what, that's what happens there, I think, you know? Yeah, so no need for guilt, shame, remorse, regret. They're useless emotions. 
and you know, we do whatever makes sense given what we know in a moment. So it's okay. Now, are you okay? Yes. Mm. Nice to be here. Yeah. Yeah. And thank you. Yeah. Very welcome. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. It's just the play, isn't it? Do you ever have a sense when people are suffering, you see people suffering, um, in a sense you know the suffering is not real, but it's real to them? Yes. Um, yes. That must be frustrating, does that? There's no reaction to it. No. It's oh, exactly right. registers like that. Right. Yeah, that there's, what they are isn't being touched by this at all, but that there's so much attention on the suffering mm. that it really is presenting as real. Mm. And something responds to that. To the presentation. Yeah. Almost always. Yeah. It's just human, no? That's it. That's it. We're doing yeah. human. Yeah, yeah. It's human so to respond is to it, suffering. Is, is the notion that you can somehow um, uh, alleviate suffering? No. I don't think there's any notions at all, really. Um, if you can imagine that functioning happens without any thoughts of good or bad or planning or, you know, those layers of thoughts that different people engage more or less with. So there are no notions at all. It's a notionless existence, I suppose. But, but the body moves. Something moves through this form and it's the same thing that moves through the grasses outside the window. Something moves through your form and it's the very same that it moves through this form. Sex me with quite a lot of emotions, actually. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, of course. Mind, that's what mind will see. Of course. That's fine. <laughs> I think, go, can I just go back to the ground question? Because you said you don't have any response, but I remember you said, like, when you, I don't know, I don't remember, but the compassion. Yes, the arises. Compassion arises. Yes. Like, also, that, that's that's I imagine that's, that's exactly the response yes. to suffering. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's it, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. How important do you feel? I mean, you, you obviously went through a period where you were in a non ordinary state of consciousness. Yeah. How important do you think in, in people's path um, is that experience of a non ordinary state? I don't think there's any... Um, there's no formula. There's no formula. Yeah. That's the word. There's no, there, for sure there's no formula. What did, have you any sense of what that did for you? How it rewired you? It did. It really rewired. It rewired. It did, yeah. It rewired the brain, yeah. There's no question. There was a physiological rewiring. It seems to me what you were saying, it sort of helped you drop the old paradigm. Yes. And be able to be open to something new. Is that right? Yes. Yeah. D dropping and seeing... I was left, I suppose. Yes. Yes. Seeing the false as false. Yes, being, seeing the false as false. Simply that. Yeah, that's helpful. Thank you. Yeah. See, thoughts as thoughts or false, false as false? False. As On Friday we had some discussion about mm -hmm. false and true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
but the bottom line and all of this because satsang is in the movie too it's all it's all the movie you know there's nothing outside of the movie there is nothing outside of the movie you know no thing there can't be a thing outside of the movie so of course this is in the movie of course it is it's no higher or lower than anything else in the movie it's good sure yeah 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 let it be light and fun for sure Perhaps the difference in your experience and ours is that it came to you before you had the intellectual. Yes. Whereas I was sat in meetings like this with most of the people in this room. Yes. With other people. Yes. <laughs> Asking the same questions. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's very frustrating. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Slightly different. So we're approaching it from the other way. That's right. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Yes. That's right. Yeah. And I wonder if that in way gets in our way because we're looking for it. I don't know. I don't know. You have to work that out yourself, I guess. But it does kind of suggest you know, that there's no substitute for experience, which itself is illusory. Yes, which itself is illusory. Yeah. yeah. There's no right and wrong, nothing better, nothing worse. It's playing out as it's playing out. It's fine. It's fine. It can only be the way it is anyway. But mind can reject it or judge it, and ah, oh, it's a waste of time. There's, there's. There's something sticky in all that, you know? Be okay with all of it. Do you know? It's just a trick of not exercising the mind who knows what's right, who has judgments to make about everything. Just. But isn't it also just a lack of mind discipline to be able to say to the mind, no, we're not going to think about that now. We're not going to worry about the taxi being late now. Is it a mind? For some, yeah. It's through, it's through disciplining mind. For some like this, for some it happens naturally, for some for some they don't discipline the mind but they they, they keep their attention. I don't know, in the hara or someplace still inside or they keep the attention in observer mode like a, the TV. There are so many different ways. For some it makes sense yeah to discipline the mind for sure. You kinda of have to do what feels right for you, you know? It's your own path. No two paths are the same. All I can do is respond to whatever questions come up given the perspective that comes through this form. That's all I can do, you know? And point to find out well, what's right for you, what works for you. And do that, and honour that, and see what learns what comes from that. But to be light about it. To enjoy it. You know? Why not? There is no right and wrong. You know? In any of it. We leave it there.